Okay, so we're going to discuss on that conversation caregiver getaway. For many people dealing with this issue from this aspect of the caregiver, most of my topics typically are centered around what the caregiver is to give, to do, um, how to make life easier, um, awareness of the disease. But this particular topic is really more about how to keep yourself from breaking down as the person responsible for, for someone dealing with disease. Because as we've discussed, there are so many aspects to it. It's so much you have to know. It's so much you have to be aware of and so much you have to do in delving into their lives, especially if this is a parent that you didn't live with. Um, as discussed, the difference is it's a little bit easier if you're dealing with a spouse, depending on their that caregiver's particular health situation. But at least with a spouse, you're fully aware of any financial issues. You are, if you, there's a spouse involved, you usually can have more years of um, enjoyment with them, where they'll remember you, and you remember, you know, they'll remember you, and you'll be able to function with them. But when a person's been isolated, as is often the case in homes where it's just a single parent, um, a, a mother or father who live by themselves, took care of their own affairs, handle their own finances and um, medical issues. They didn't necessarily, you know, bring you along, or you may not have been able to come. It may not even been an option because if you're um, like so many in America where you, you're not living in the same state as the individual going through whatever they're going through. So you're completely oblivious to the signs for help. So in this topic, what we want to really discuss is the importance that getting away, having a retreat, having that time along with the Lord. And this is how I describe it. To me, it's, we, we look at it as a, a treat or we view it as um, an optional <laughs> um, aspect of living when it really is a vital aspect for your health. Because it is stated that, that a spouse is 600 times more likely to get the disease. Because I believe it's like proximity. You're constantly 24 hours having to not only think for yourself, but you're having to think for someone else. And that's challenging. It's challenging just to be inside your own head. But to have to constantly be on your P's and Q's So with this disease, this is the reason why there are three primary reasons why 
having a caregiver getaway is a necessity for having a healthy life. And we're just gonna start with objectivity. Um, one of the things that you have to recognize when you're dealing with someone with this type of disease is that it can become so consuming. And at the same time, it's, there's a part of you that's trying to really analyze, trying to decipher when it's them and when it's the disease because there are moments of clarity that you will find your loved one will, will have. And they will say things that make perfect sense and it'll be right on point, right on cue. And then there'll be those moments where it's complete mayhem. It's like, okay, who just grabbed your brain and took it out of your head, right? So these are the things that are constant and it's, and it's fluid. And so the tendency is that in those moments of clarity, those moments of clarity, we don't necessarily know where it all comes from. What point in time are they in their brain where they're speaking in a way that you can really grasp it. And as the person who's taking care of them, especially if you're talking about a loved one, the things that can be stated are very hurtful because there's no filter. And often if you're not careful, <laughs> you could become resentful. So being able to get away on a retreat where you're not having to be responsible for anyone but you, again, <laughs> it's, it's therapeutic and you should have it. And if you can get two hours a day to yourself where you can do that, um, that's great. But even if all you can get is, let's say, one week a year where you can go on vacation, you can, there's someone who will care for your loved one and who already understands not to call you unless it's an absolute emergency. But you need to have that. Number two, um, being able to have more getaways actually is even healthier. So being able to schedule several getaways a year are good simply because you also have that codependency. And the very last thing you really need when you're talking about care that requires 24 hours already of your time. You know, you, you, you're dealing with people who have circadian rhythms dysfunction where they're up at night and they sleep during the day. Well, if you're like most of the rest of the world, you've got to function during the day. So it's not always possible for you to sleep during the day with while they're sleeping because there are other things you have to do. You know, there are bills that have to be paid, there are calls that have to be paid, and unfortunately, at night is not the time that you can make those calls. So, that means that you have to function on daylight hours. And so you're exhausted. So having those breaks, having time away outside of that element is not only healthy for you, but it's healthy for them. Because the reality is the codependency can get to a place where you'll begin to
to neglect yourself to take care of them. And that's why you become more likely to get the disease yourself. Because you're exhausted, because you're mentally, emotionally, physically drained. <laughs> and because the reality is the sickness is oh so consuming. So you need to be able to get away. You need to be able to be in a place where you can miss them and they can miss you. Um, but you need to be able to be in a place where you can rest, where you can be somewhere where you're not having to think about it. And this is the thing, although I also say it's very good to have, especially if you can get it, a couple hours a day to yourself for prayer, for just really getting the mind of Christ in the situation, mind of Messiah, um, and get your bearings and be prepared, especially in the morning before your day starts. But you'd be amazed what a getaway, even if it's just for two or three days, will do mentally for you in terms of being able to um, just catch your breath, to be able to have somebody you can share this experience with who understands and who will pray with you. Um, I'm not one who says that you should just take this time and be frivolous. No, anyone who's dealing with this kind of disease and they're having to care for somebody they love who has this disease, time becomes extremely important to you. And let me tell you something, those minutes, it's, it's certain emotions you're gonna go through first and foremost, okay? And the reason why you wanna make sure that you are in, a, in an atmosphere where you're around people who can encourage you is because there's gonna be the emotion of guilt. You know what I'm saying? Because you know your loved one can't just get away from their disease. Yet here you are getting away. It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's an admission that it's too much. And sometimes we try to be hero or heroine to save the day and not even realize it's too much for us. And let me tell you, I've been into an experience where, and I'm just gonna share this with you because it's vitally important. I, I remember the other time I was caring for my loved one, okay? And, uh, you know, it was fresh. You know, it just happened maybe few months before we um and, and and I was there basically for a month left my family for that time to try to help them get back on their feet thinking that this was going to be well I knew it was a short-term issue but I thought we could stabilize it in the end time but at any rate so I go and then um like I said, it's a number of things that have to do with an issue of someone who comes down with this disease having been independently functioning. So I would say, well, I can carry these bills and go through this, the mail when I go home. But I was going to take a, a little break, a week or two, get back to my family and all of that. So there was a point where 
I physically, I mean, I didn't feel overwhelmed. You know, I felt like, okay, this is manageable. I mean, I had a plan in place. Um, I was working my plan and I didn't feel like it was really draining me in any way. But your body knows. Your body doesn't lie. Our minds would tell us <laughs> that we're okay. But your bodies can be telling you a whole different story. I'm not one to, who normally gets headaches or migraines. So I was holding the papers in my hand and I was thinking about taking it with me. My aunt just happened to be there. And she said, you gonna take that with you? And I said, yeah, I said, I think I can work on some of this while I'm at home, get it out of the way. And she was like, no, girl, go. <laughs> go home, enjoy your family, take a break from this. When I embraced the wisdom of her words, immediately the headache went away. So here is the thing. When you're in the trenches, I mean, it, it, it's impossible if you're in the war to say, okay, well, you know, now I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna mentally um, become aloof to the situation, or, you know, I'm just gonna go on the sideline while I watch my comrades going through, you know, getting shot. No, you're gonna get in there. So being able to physically remove yourself from the situation, change the fact that you're thinking about them but what it does is it's the first step to getting your frame of mind to change to getting away from where the line of fire is where you can have the vulnerability to be hero because that heroine that heroin complex it could get you killed so When I say that you need to get away, Hello. when I say that you need to be physically away from that individual, it's because there has to be a process to where you go through embracing. And when I say you have to make sure, even in your getting away, it's in a healthy manner. Listen, you're not gonna have too many of these opportunities. Because at the point where things get extremely intense, you may find yourself in a position where getting away is not an option. So, when things aren't so intense that you cannot not get away, get away, get a break. You're gonna go through the same, a similar withdrawal they're gonna go through at first but more intense because again it's not going to just be it's like admitting defeat that's what your brain will tell you your brain will tell you the fact that you're having to get away from this person who needs you most is your way of admitting some sort of defeat that the, the issue was too great for you to handle but here's the thing accept that it, the issue is too great for you to handle that is the reality and and once you accept that, that that's the reality of the situation, what you then have to do is you have to begin to, to be the type of person who has to really manage your time well. And 
what you want to do is you want to be able to be in an environment that's going to not only be emotionally and physically refueling for you, but also mentally and spiritually enriching for you. You want to make sure that you're either, if you have a fellowship of believers retreat, take it. There's an opportunity for you to get together with other senior citizens or people of your group. Take it. But most importantly, I would encourage you, if you can get yourself a week away in a caregiver's retreat. A caregiver's retreat is all about addressing the specific issues you're dealing with, but doing it in a way where it won't become overwhelming for you, where you have support, you'll be able to meet people who are going through something similar that you're going through. You'll be able to share what works and what doesn't work. You'll be able to encourage each other. You'll be able to um, enjoy having that, um, enjoy being away from, from what has just become your life. So whether that is a cruise, whether that is a, a trip somewhere in the mountains or the beach, whatever it is that, that you enjoy, but that will allow you to not only relax, to get some needed therapy time along with y'all. But you also need to make sure that it's a place that is whatever's next. Because here's the thing about Alzheimer's, which is my number three, is that as it relates to diagnosing um, medical um, science trying to come up with um, cures in terms of medicine and all of that these things are available in abundance when it comes to hotlines and support calls they I can see where they could be helpful especially if you're in a position where you're not in front of a person who has this disease and they're irate. And now you're trying to do some damage control. Because the reality is, the person on the phone can't help you when you're having an issue in front of you with that person. It's the person who can be there with you, who can help you, who understands the disease and can give you support. If you don't have that, then you're in trouble. So, here is what I encourage you to do. To get away for all three of these reasons. One, objectivity. Two, so that can take care of yourself so you can take care of them. It's the same principle as therapy. It's the same principle 
end of the plane. First, put the mask on yourself. Then, if someone else needs help, you help them. But if you're suffocating, you're not much help to that person. And three, so that you can get refueled. Listen to me. The Bible shares. Here we have the Messiah. Yeshua. He's looking at the masses of people. 3,000. Now we're, we're dealing with one person and we're about to go crazy, right? He is dealing with 3,000 people at one time. And he's looking at these people and he's saying, they are like sheep having no shepherd. Now if the shepherd feels it necessary to say that, then who are we? Who do we think we are as one individual? So we got to be realistic, okay? We, we need to take that time. It is a part of, it is a part of you learning that even in this disease, there's an aspect that you, that God uses you to help them through. But there's also an aspect where God says, no, you've got to depend on me. And the ability to be able to break the codependency, which is what we dealt with in part two in therapy, the, the ability to break down the codependency that naturally develops is healthy so that you don't become overwhelmed because the the appeal to becoming overwhelmed is quite severe because the challenge is so great. So you have to be able to get refueled. So the best support for a caregiver, really, and I guess what I would say would be my action plan, would be to raise money, for com have communities raise money especially older, more established communities where this is more prevalent, to pay for billable hours for people who are caring for someone to be able to get away. So, in other words, it will work like this. You're not paying for the vacation. That individual would have to get that taken care of or the community can pay for it, but this organization would primarily be to raise money to pay whatever supplementary service needs to be done for that caregiver to get away. So if you have someone who is a spouse and there's a retreat close to your area or affordable or available that they would like to go to, what would happen is the funds could be used to pay the expense of having someone stay with their loved one for that week to take care of them. I mean, we're already talking easily. That's a, if you're talking about a week, that could be a $2,000, $3,000 expense 
easy depending on where you live. So, or it would cover being able to have that person, if it's more economical and feasible, placed in respite care for the week that you're gone. Which means they'll be in a memory care facility while you're gone so that you can refuel. And please don't forget what I said. The most important thing is not just being able to get a break, but it needs to be because you won't be able to always get a break. They will be like treasure to you. So realizing that you need to make that time count. So it can't be all about you just living recklessly, enjoying yourself and resting. Resting is like number one priority. But the second thing is to be recharged, to come back with sustainable solutions that will help you when you're back in crisis mode, when you're dealing well with what's going to happen next. Because the one thing about this disease that those who have had to be a caregiver for someone with this disease is that you know it's going to get worse. You know they're going to need more care. You know they're going to be more dependent on you as it gets worse. These are things we know. The things we don't know is how to maintain the right attitude in the frustration, how to um, de-escalate issues, how to practically care for them and when we've reached the threshing floor when we've reached the point where the threshold where look <laughs> this is far beyond what I can do on my own so what's next and anybody dealing with this disease whether or not they live with you or they live in a facility in either case, you know, at some point, there's gonna be another level. It's going to escalate. We don't know when it's going to, but anyone who's dealing with this disease always know in the back of their mind that they're on borrowed time. That's the one thing that's, that's very clear. And in many ways, what allows you to be able to function realizing this is the fact that you know I don't know how long I have them and even as difficult as they're being they're here and so it kind of helps you <laughs> during those times when you want to quit when you want to walk away you want to give up, you want to throw your hands up, you realize that no matter how bad off they are right now, there's going to be a day where they're not going to be here with you at all. And yes, you're going to remember how difficult it was. You're going to remember how challenging it was. You're going to remember the nights where you didn't get no sleep. 
but you want to recreate as much as possible the memories of who they were. And in, in many cases, as a caregiver, that's really about your only reward from them. Because this disease is so pervasive that it's like, it totally changes the personality of the person that you knew. So you're looking for any glimpse of who, of, of the person you knew, you came to love, you're looking for them in what will feel like a stranger to you. And what I'm saying to you is that they are there. They are there. It's, and when you find those moments where you can understand exactly what they're saying, it's making perfect sense. You may have a five minute conversation that is steeped in we're on the same page at the same time in this moment. And you may only have that once a year. But you have it. Because the one thing that's for, that's for sure is that we're going to leave this life. The only difference is those who are suffering from dementia, those who we know who are suffering from dementia, we live with the reality that that's gonna happen sooner rather than later. And although for all intents and purposes as it relates to who that person was, for the most part, they're already gone. Because the personality is so different that it's almost virtually like a stranger standing before you. But where there is love, where there is um, connection, and I don't care how angry they can make you, oh my goodness, my loved one could make me so angry, but I would miss them when I'm gone. It's, 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 it's not just a they get dependent on you, it's a you get dependent on them. Not be, so much because you're needed, because yeah, you are needed, but because you are always aware that you own borrowed time. And I'm gonna say this, and this has very little to do with this. It's one of those digressions. But let me tell you something. If this disease, if there's one positive about this disease, this is what it is. It makes you appreciate life. And it makes you appreciate the people in your life. It makes you understand that we don't have forever to tell someone we love them. We don't know that even if they're here, they'll even be able to comprehend what that is. But if we can just love people now, if we can love them 
we can live with no regrets, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance. The only areas where I regret as it relates to my loved one dealing with this disease is when I stepped out of walking in love. The moments I allowed my anger to get the best of me. When, when I begin to realize that there have been choices that were made that were, um, before I had an understanding, you know, hey, that it's the disease that causes this. There are so many things that we don't even know. You know what I'm saying? Is it, did the person make poor choices that got them in issues before they had this disease or was it after? But the reality is it doesn't matter anyway. We just love them. We just love them where they are. And even when they're cursing us out, calling us everything but a child of God, we can still live with no regrets by loving them where they are. And so that's my, that's my challenge to you. Love your family, no matter where they are. Okay, so that's it on that conversation. As I said before, please leave comments if you have any questions, um, if there's any topics you'd like me to cover, please feel free to leave them in the comment section. And uh, in any, any suggestions or things I might need to do differently, um, I look forward to hearing from you. Bye.